And now, it's time for a nerd movie. Well, I think we should start with a question, Aaron. One question. One question. The question of the day. What makes a nerd movie a nerd movie? Mm. It's a very poignant question. I know. I spent all night thinking about it. It's up till four. Is I'm I'm stuck on is a nerd movie an official thing? It is, yeah. That's a that's a genre, nerd movie. Uh it's a very broad term. Okay. A very broad okay. term. What makes a nerd I don't want to just pigeonhole us into a specific genre where nerd movie seems a little more like a larger thing. Mm-hmm. That is a good question. I think a nerd movie is something that you can have more than strong feelings about. It it goes into the realm of obsessed potentially for a lot of people. Mm. Um, I think it's something that becomes so cool in some people's minds that, that basics start to hate on it because they don't understand it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like the traditional nerd versus jock mentality, which has kind of gone away now, but I think that's part of it. Mm. It comes into play a little bit. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I like that. Um, well, we asked the question because of course, um, today we are doing our first nerd movies podcast. This is going to be nerd movies. One star Wars episode four, a new hope. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, as Peter Griffin once said, and now the story of star Wars, let's start with part four. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, for those who listen to the podcast, you of course know that Aaron and I talk about mostly star Trek stuff. Oh Yeah. But then uh, your sibling had the idea to sort of branch out, maybe once in a while do more general nerd talk or or go into, dabble into... Some other stuff. Yeah, some of the other nerddoms. Yeah. In fact, my other brother, Kai, he was like, you guys are doing Star Wars. You guys are fake Star Trek fans. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we'll get that. We're going to lose like five or six listeners. Five or six. Boo, not purists. Boo. But I was like, you know appreciating the other Star Trek does not exist in a cultural vacuum. Nothing does. And so you can't appreciate, you know, you can fully appreciate something once you kind of understand what else is out there and how you can compare and contrast. Sure. What other things do. So I was always in both camps. I was uh, listening to arguments. It's like, why can't it be both? Why can't I like both? No, it's Marvel. That's it. Marvel. No DC. It's just Marvel. Batman stuff. It's only Iron Man. (laughs) Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we, we want to do more of these, um, as in between little selections of episode, but this is going to be our first one and hope you, um, like what we have to talk about and hope to do more of these. Um, yeah. And like, what's more appropriate to kick off nerd movies than star Wars, which is probably the ultimate nerd movie, arguably. It's, it's always hard for me to think of something that tops it in terms of a nerd movie. Hmm. Um, so I guess maybe that would be like the question of the day. Is Star Wars the ultimate nerd movie? And what makes a nerd movie? And what makes a nerd movie? Other and if Star Wars is the nerd ultimate movies. nerd movie, what makes it the ultimate nerd movie? <laughs> <laughs> All of life's biggest questions being <laughs> asked right here on this podcast. I um, so lucky. Well, like before, um, when we did, because last time we did Star Trek The Motion Picture, we had a few guests come on and talk about that. And we're going to do something a little similar for this film. Um we got a few guests with us today. We got a Star Wars hardcore fan. We have a casual Star Wars fan. And we have a Star Wars noob. 
Uh, we got a few perspectives with us today. Um, Aaron, who do we have on the show with us today? All right, let's let's kick things off here. To start, we have my friend Kelsey. Hey, um, hi, I'm Kelsey. Hi, Kelsey, how you doing? <laughs> Good. Good to have you on the show. Um, Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here, especially as your first nerd movie. I'm really glad that it's Star Wars because I do feel like that's the only movie that qualifies as a nerd movie. That's um, the when only you were one. saying earlier what makes a nerd movie, I was like, well, mm-hmm. is it Star Wars? Because that does. <laughs> that's the one qualifier for me. Yeah, that's the dictionary definition. See Star Wars. Right, exactly. That's it. Right. Kelsey and I met uh, through my wife. You started working at Delta with her. You're both flight attendants. That's true. She's the most amazing person I've ever met. So I oh. did schlup you in with that. Uh, assumed, assumed you were also one of the greatest people ever. I haven't been wrong yet, but now that I know you're such a fan of Star Wars, I'm prepared to imagine that I was very wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, because what if you hate it? What if it sucks to you? And you're like, I can't hang I can't, out with this person anymore. I can't believe you dragged me to this. Uh, you also do a bit of comedy. You do some stand-up, don't you? I do. I, I do stand-up comedy in New Orleans. Uh, so it's hard to keep funny comments to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, really easy to zone out on through the whole Star Wars. Yeah, well, I mean, we won't have the mics on, so comment away. We can we can heck a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> regrets, regrets incoming. Um, yeah, I guess what's it like to be surrounded in a culture like Star Wars is so ubiquitous, and so even if you haven't seen it, it's in the ether. Like, yeah, I'm sure when you see like a little Chewbacca Pez dispenser, you're like, I know that's Star Wars. Yeah, I know it's Star Wars, but but as you heard earlier, I didn't know that guy's name. Mm-hmm. Um, like I called him the big hairy guy and I don't feel wrong about that. He is the big hairy guy. Yeah. It's an accurate description. It is. It also hurt our hearts a little bit when you <laughs> I, said it, and you didn't know his name. <laughs> I saw the kind of group flinch. I didn't know what to do with it, but. You don't know who Chewbacca is. she talking about Chewbacca? Oh my God. Does it feel like something like you are like miss out on or does it feel like almost like this like cult of just like. I'm sure they all like it, whatever it is. Like, what does it kind of feel like? Because we're a lot of us here, we've just been in the Star Wars sauce for years. So it's almost like some of us, it's like, what is it like to just not know what it is? Mm. Well, so I'm in the Harry Potter sauce. So I know about mm. getting like really involved in things that other people don't care about. Like I get that 100%. And so I've kind of felt like an outsider when it comes to Star Wars stuff. I'm like, yeah, I could get involved with it, right? I would happily watch them all. But then you ask other people, you're like, where should I start? Like, what? And they have different opinions. They're like, don't start with the first movie. That's insane. Just like we're doing right now, starting with episode four. I couldn't have just come on to that on my own. I would have had to fight a lot of people for that. You don't start at the beginning with Star Wars. It's okay. it's one of the only things you don't start at the beginning. Okay. You can. I guess some people do say that is the way to do it. Well, that's the big thing. Y'all get y'all get like y'all got all the surprises, you know, because y'all watched it in the order that it came out in. Mm-hmm. So y'all were like, Holy gosh, I didn't know that was coming. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna know now. Right. That's true. <laughs> Oh, shocker. I had no idea that was going to happen. Oh, and Darth Vader? Wow. I mean, (laughs) what? Spoiler alert. Anna Kendrick told me on Pitch Perfect. Uh, Unbelievable. I know. No one can keep a secret. But I mean, I think you're in safe hands because Luke Skywalker and Harry Potter are basically the same person when you boil it down. I've heard something about like being orphans and chosen. I don't know it yet because I don't know anything about Star Wars. 
But I got the vibe. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's fun to have you, Kelsey, and look forward to your thoughts and feelings. Thank you very much. On the first Star Wars film. Um, we also have a casual Star Wars fan, kind of um, someone who knows it, but isn't necessarily like super crazy into it. Um, also with us today is my good friend, Michael. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jaren. This is uh, my first time doing a podcast, so let's see how this goes. Do you feel super like legit now? I've legit. done a podcast. Yeah. I've made it now. I've made yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> check me out on this podcast. You know. That was the bucket list. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Do a podcast. <laughs> that was my number one, too. So. Um, um, you and I work together at Utah Symphony, Utah Opera. Yes, it's a it's a blast. I, I'm, I apologize for all the craziness I bring to that uh, the crazy show. <laughs> yeah, when I say work there, that's being generous. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's more like a Three Stooges routine. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, though, you know, we all spent a lot of time. We had Sean uh, recently on the podcast um, to talk about Star Trek. Um, now we have you, and but those of us at work, Sean, some of our other friends at work, we spent a lot of time talking about. Books, shows, TV shows, other little things, uh, like the zeitgeisty stuff. What are you watching? What are you reading? Like, and Star Wars is definitely right up there in terms of like, oh, have you seen the latest Star Wars and blah, blah, blah. So I guess one of the things I also wanted to bring you on, it's like, what's, what, like, what's fun about, I guess, talking about stuff like that? It's, it's, um, to Sharon, like what, 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 what media, what media are you consuming? Oh, so glad you asked, <laughs> but everyone gets so excited about that and we get so nerdy about it. So I don't know. What is it about something like that? I think, I mean, just when somebody loves something, people love to share about it. You know, like so, when somebody hits like the perfect thing for me, I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Let me tell you all about it. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing w- with it is the moment you're asked, like, what are your interests? You're like, Oh my gosh. I get to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, that's kind of probably a reason why people see certain movies as nerdy movies, because all of us, when we become a fan of something, we're just like, let me tell you all about it. And like, let me tell you ridiculous details about it that you would never have any idea about, you know, and that um, person never wants to watch it ever again. <laughs> right, right. Right. Great. You've deconverted me from ever wanting to check it out. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like that's one reason why, you know, people love to just talk about uh, the media like that, you know. I'm like, hey, this is my thing, and now you can, you can know the thing. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so, casual Star Wars fan, you've seen the original I have, Star yes. Wars films, but you have more of the nostalgia for the, the, the prequel films. Right. Yes, I do. And I haven't, I haven't actually seen all of the Star Wars as I stopped. I have, I've seen the, the first new one. Um, Force Awakens. Yes, yeah. Um, it's, it's not bad. It's just I, I don't know. I just I just I didn't get into that as much as I did the other ones. Um, I love the the original three. I'm excited to watch it today to see, you know, because it, it's been a while. Like I, I can't even remember the last time I'd watched it. So I'm, it's going to be somewhat of like a new experience. Of course, I know basically everything that goes on the in the strips, in the, yeah. the story and everything. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, what is about? I mean, granted, you grew up with it, so we all just like the things you grew up with. What is it about, like, the Star Wars prequels that you think you latched on to? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I guess I really liked the characters. And as a kid, you know, you've seen people 
slashing around these big swords that cut through anything. You know, it's the coolest thing as a kid. Like, uh, we got, I remember when I was younger, me and my brothers would get just the plastic lightsabers and we'd go down to what we'd call the river walk. So it's a, like a park next to the river. And we just beat the heck out of each other with these, uh, with these lightsabers. So I don't know, it's just like growing up with it uh, is the biggest part of, of why I love it. And then, but specifically, that's a really good question because I don't think I actually know. Mm. Um, I'd have to watch them. Well, just pure nostalgia. For the most, I mean, it's definitely fascinating, like uh, just space travel, um, just all the, all the different species and things like that. And, and of course, lightsabers. I mean, how can you not like lightsabers? Right. So who doesn't even non Star Wars people are like, I guess it's pretty cool. With right. A laser yeah. Sword that you can customize your color. I mean, come on, <laughs> what's not to like. And the force too, like, uh, the mind games as well. Just like all those things are fascinating. Mm. So awesome. Um, yeah, it'd be fun to kind of rediscover the movie with you, especially if it's been so long. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I've seen this movie 400 million times. <laughs> um, but it will be fun to rediscover. Um, I guess that leaves our hardcore fan. Um, Aaron, who else do we have? Oh, y'all are in for a treat. Uh, this is our, our good friend, our old friend, BJ Wimpy. Hi, Hi everyone. I'm BJ. It's been Woo. so long. I haven't seen you in years. How you doing? I'm doing really good. Yeah, it's been since college, right? Oh my God, has it been that long? Seriously, I think I think we've like in passing at different events, but like actually hanging out and like talking a lot. Yeah, it's been it's since been college. A very long time. Holy cow. Yeah, BJ yeah. was a frequent visitor to the old boys' house. Oh yeah, those were the days. Those were the days. <sighs> Lifetime ago, we didn't know how simple we had it. It was good, right? Was, Life yeah. was so nice back then. <laughs> Just I mean, come in and someone's playing Resident Evil 4. It's like, let's just sit down and watch someone play watch Resident someone Evil play 4 some video and games. have a good time. No responsibilities. Very little responsibility. Very little responsibility. Outside of doing shows and paying rent and tuition. That's about it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> How the times have changed. I don't know if I would go back, though. Honestly. I don't know. No, I mean, I've learned a lot in the, in the ages since yeah. then. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy where I am. Forward momentum. Exactly. Um. And you continue on, like Aaron and I don't do the acting stuff as much, but that's what we all went and studied. But you continue on with the... Uh, yeah, so acting is my main gig still. Um, I do a lot of live theater, but then I also do voiceover work and uh, narrate audiobooks and uh, commercials, blah, blah, blah. I've auditioned for movies, haven't booked anything yet. So mm. if you want to book me, you, know, <laughs> there you, go. You, know, you should check out my reel. We'll, we'll talk. <laughs> Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy, if you're listening to our Kathleen po- Kennedy, podcast, please call me. Hit up BJ. I actually do have an in at Lucasfilm. My fr- I have a friend who is on the story group. So there, right now, he's over everything. Anything that is official Star Wars canon crosses his desk, and he has to like have, have like a stamp of approval on it. And he's always said, he's like BJ, like I'm just waiting for a moment, like where I know we can use you. And I'm like, please. I mean, come on. Like if there's anybody that deserves it, it's you, man. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're the. Best well, he did say like, if we ever need an Emperor Palpatine in the parks, like interacting with, with folks. Yeah. I'm going to call you. And I'm like, oh, thanks. That's awesome. Go scare the crap out of some kids at Disneyland. Or exactly. Something. Yeah. Why not? Well, you know, speaking of Emperor Palpatine, we should also mention that you do have a YouTube and TikTok presence. I do. Um, so on TikTok, I'm Wimpy BJ, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> and then my YouTube is BJ Wimpy. But the majority of what I do is dressing up like Emperor Palpatine. Um, and just like him running into everyday life sort of things in the real world. And... 
Like this morning's video, I was making fun of Darth Vader when he like becomes Darth Vader and is like walking like Frankenstein's monster. And so <laughs> it was a good time. I, I post almost every day something something goofy. So, yeah, you do a lot of Star Wars content. You love Star Wars. You're our big Star Wars diehard. What is it about Star Wars that speaks to you so much? Um, is this like the number one fandom franchise IP thing um, for you? It probably, yes. Like, it's not my favorite film, which is funny enough. It's mm. not my favorite film. Back to the Future is my favorite film. Mm, or, and maybe Everything Everywhere All at Once oh, now. I just was, watched that not too long ago. So, so good. good. But... Star Wars, um, it captured me at a very young age, um, as with several of us, you know, that, and just the fantasy adventureness of it, like really appeals to me and the, the retro futuristic, which I mean, also goes with Star Trek as well. You know, they have that retro futuristic kind of look and feel, which I love. And I thought the characters were beautiful and the world building was amazing. And it's just, it's always just been a presence, uh, since I was a very young kid, I can remember it just being a presence in so many forms of media as well. Like I watched the movies, I read the books, I played the video games, I had the toys. Um, so it's just, it's, I listen to the radio show. Mm. Uh, like it's, it's there. And, and it's just one good thing about Star Wars too, is that it has just continued on through the generations. You know, we're all, we're on three or four generations now of Star Wars of, you know, your, uh, uh, my grandpa took me to see this. And then my, my dad took me to do this. And, and et cetera, et cetera. And I've introduced it to my nephews mm. now. And so it's, it's really kind of interesting. It's kind of handing down a story over generations and generations and the new ones kind of crop up, but they're still like the old, but let's go back to the first Star Wars story. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's also, it's become so just prevalent in society, not just as, well, even, you know, Kelsey here, like she hasn't really sat down and watched Star Wars, but she knows that's the big hairy guy from Star Wars. Oh, you know, yeah. she gets it. Um, and I mean, like Family Guy, you know, they, they had whole episodes dedicated to Star Wars. And in Friends, you know, they have lines and jokes that pop up that are Star Wars. And in, in this series or that series or in that book, it's it's such a cultural phenomenon that, you know, I think that's one reason why it has continued to persist. Mm. And um, and I feel Star Wars Episode Four, it revolutionized a lot of the ways that we make movies. Like I've I've had people come up to me and like like oh I've never, you're not you're gonna hate me I've never seen Star Wars I'm like I'm not gonna hate you it's just a movie like do I like I do I love it yes I do but it's just a movie but I always recommend watching Episode Four because Episode Four changed film permanently mm-hmm. it changed special effects it changed marketing was a big one that changed because of Star Wars um, but special effects acting um, almost every aspect, every the aspect, score, it, it the is editing, in there. everything about it. Oh, editing. Yes. And like, like George Lucas removed himself from the director's guild to do the beginning of the film, the way he wanted it. It's so interesting. <laughs> and, and, but then, and then after that, they're like, Hey George, please come back to the director's guild. <laughs> we, we were wrong. And he's like, okay. Um, I like the, when you're talking about like the stories being handed down and like, and then all the references, uh, going into this larger question of like, what makes a nerd movie a, a nerd movie? Um, I think, you know, that, that kind of cultural hand where it's like, you don't even need to have necessarily seen it. Like I'm not the biggest like Harry Potter fan, but there will be aspects of Harry Potter. I'm like, yeah, that's Harry Potter. Like I know what that is. Yeah. Like, you know what a muggle is. I know what a muggle is. And like, I it's have this you. little squid Squidward house for my iPod case right here. I haven't really watched that's SpongeBob, but I know that's. That's I know who Squidward house. is, and I knew that's his house. And 
Like we do Star Trek and it's like, even if you don't know what Star Trek is, it's like, you know, there's Mr. Spock and live long and prosper. It's like these things that have just permeated the cultural zeitgeist that almost makes, it's part of the language where even if you don't know the, 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 the specific details, there's enough of like this lexicon or references where when someone says something, it's like, I don't, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. It's like part of the language, how we all relate to each other. I think that's kind of this idea of like a nerd movie where it kind of speaks to something. Mm. It permeates on a larger level than even say something like everything everywhere all at once is a fantastic film. And maybe at some point there'll be some kind of larger reference, but there's not a lot of like cultural shorthand from like, say that, or even like, sure, maybe like something from citizen Kane, like Rosebud. But even then it's like, if you don't know what Rosebud is, that means nothing to you. Whereas if you say like, you know, lightsaber, got it. Yeah, like I did try to kill my sister using the force when I was a kid. I didn't know what it was. I assumed it involved my brain and doing weird hand motions. I tried, I did a little Spider-Man at it. Yeah. Didn't work. No, I agree with Jaren. Like that's one thing I think that makes a nerd movie is that for some reason it resonates in our culture. And even if you haven't seen it, you know it. And you feel it, and you like, oh yeah, I know what that's from, yeah, and and especially something that, that has just lasted as long as Star Wars has, right? Mm-hmm. I really think that's what it is. Not not memes specifically, but like memetics, mm-hmm. and that entire uh, I don't know what you would call it, uh, lifestyle, not lifestyle, culture, maybe memes. They're they're universal truths, is what they are, and mm-hmm. some of them like the more they hit different people around the world, the more it permeates and the more it, it melts into our culture and it, and it just becomes that thing that you were talking about. Mm. Uh, I think people have been trying to hit that since Star Trek, since the original series. It was such an iconic thing. And then the next thing to really do that was Star Wars, this this first Star Wars movie. Oh yeah, Star Wars wouldn't have happened without Star Trek. No way. It's 100%. Like that's, uh, that is the reason why Fox gave the green light. It's like, we, we need to have something that competes with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at this point, like conventions, Star Trek conventions were popping up because that was basically what invented fan conventions was Star Trek and everything. And it's like, well, clearly there's something to this. We got to get on some of that. So, uh, boy, did boy, did they (laughs) boy, how do you like I would venture to say that Star Wars has surpassed, you know, Star Trek in in overall popularity. Star Trek is still amazing, but certainly in terms of like mainstream penetration. Yeah, certainly. I, I don't say. think that this inv- needed to involve mainstream penetration. <laughs> I think we could have skipped that part. You can take those two words and separate them forever. <laughs> like you can mainstream oh or you can penetrate. My. You gotta pick. Come on, who doesn't love a good mainstream penetration? <laughs> Several people. <laughs> <laughs> don't kink shame, Kelsey. It's Jesus. My bad. Um, you know, I think, Michael, now I'm also thinking about us at work, and it's like something about it also, because we're all be sharing stuff with, that we don't necessarily... A lot of times, like, have you seen this? No. Have you seen this? No. Have you seen this? No. But we all seem to still enjoy talking about it. And I think the other level is probably some idea of like community bonding. Um, somehow it brings us closer together. And, and even if we're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I like talking about it because it's something important to you. Um, and this is important to me. So it's almost like you all get to have this little venue to like share what's important to you. And even if you walk away, I'm like, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but you walk away with the memory of, but all of us talking about it, 
that was awesome and that felt good and I like doing that right I mean we've had conversations like me and you about El Dorado and you've never seen no. El Dorado but I love it even though it's goofy as heck um but yeah, even when we have conversations about that, and you now know references because of the stuff I say or, like, why my hair looks ridiculously this long. Right. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I agree with you about the community part of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, it's totally different from, like, if you're just having a conversation about work, like, saying, oh, you know, you got to get this done. Like, there's no passion or anything in that. But when somebody's like, oh, hey, I love, let's say, Harry Potter. It's like, then you just start going off. They're like, there's like a light in their eyes and everything. It just completely changes the tone of a conversation. Mm-hmm. So. Well, should we take a look at this original nerd movie, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope? Uh, this is on Disney Plus. If you're looking for unstreaming, we're watching the 4K disc uh, version. Um, but yes, um, so if you want to check it out for yourself, I'm, sh- I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've probably watched it. But if you're that one person who's listening to this and haven't seen it. Kelsey. <clears throat> Kelsey. <laughs> we got her. She's here. Later. <laughs> uh, you're in for a treat. And we hope you will watch it and come back with us and um, listen to all our silly little thoughts on it. Um, we'll see you then. on some damn fool idealistic crusade like your father did. Sir, if you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while. Sure, go ahead. What is it? It's your father's lightsaber. This is the weapon of a Jedi Knight. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. How did my father die? A young Jedi named Darth Vader, who was a pupil of mine until he turned to evil, helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. He betrayed and murdered your father. Now the Jedi are all but extinct. 
Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. The Force? Now, the Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. guess we'll get all our all of our initial thoughts to start with kelsey you're the noob well it was really good but i really did expect a lot of my star wars questions to just be answered which i realize now mm-hmm. is pretty out of pocket there are so <laughs> many movies that it was insane to pin all my hopes and dreams of answers deep burning answers on the one movie right but my first thoughts are obviously C-3PO's butt. <laughs> that thing don't quit. No. It was the running theme of the movie. Yeah. And it's like you said, BJ. It's like, I didn't really notice before, but... Now that's all I see. Now it's, uh, yeah. And the weird obsession with penetration. Like, it's 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 <laughs> it goes deep in this movie. <laughs> it yep. goes deep. They say it more than three times. Like it's, it felt like it was way more than three times. <laughs> but it might have just been the repetition I, I think it was. I think it was it. the three times, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean... It's the scale of penetration as well, not just the amount of penetration. So. Yeah, and I think they scaled it pretty pretty deep for the shaft. So, go <laughs> go. <laughs> good good for Michael over with his like hand on his head. <laughs> that was fantastic. He's <laughs> like, leave my LTS out of this. <laughs> I left it at the door. You know. No. Huh. Um, are there was, was there anything that like was surprising to you? Or, or like, oh, this is kind of, I guess, maybe what I've understood it to kind of be. Yeah, um, I didn't expect, I don't know why I didn't expect it. It's like another planet and stuff, or several other planets. But I didn't expect there to be like so many aliens, like yeah. so many versions of aliens. Mm-hmm. And like all the things that I thought were kind of weird, like I knew there was a job of the hut, but did I think he'd look like a slug? I did not think that. <laughs> I really didn't. Yep. And half it, I was like, am I watching Doctor Who? Is that happening right now? Mm. It does kind of have some of that. If, if you've seen like old school Doctor Who, just some of the, all the mm-hmm. crazy low budget monsters they try to do. It does kind of feel like that, but they try to give it a little more like detail and uh-huh. life. There are actually several aliens that are old Doctor Who characters that are in this. Really? And as well as like costumes from Doctor Who episodes that get recycled into Star Wars, all sorts of things like that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was seeing them and I was like, it wasn't just like a vague impression of Doctor Who. I was like, I know you. Mm. And I know I don't know Star Wars. <laughs> well, that actually brings a little like nerd pedigree to Star Wars. The reuse and Doctor Who stuff, that's fucking awesome. 
it wouldn't seem out of place to see Tom Baker with the scarf and the hat, like in a background shot of the cantina walking around. I say, have you seen a space wizard walking around with a young farm boy? <laughs> Jelly baby. <laughs> um, you said you had Star Wars questions and weren't answered. What was like your burning Star Wars question? I don't know if they want to hear it. I want to hear if it. Y'all, I mean, you can edit it out if they don't want to hear it. At least. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? You know how, like, in Mortal Instruments, if any of y'all watched or read that, there's that problem where for a second there's this Jace and this Clary and they kiss. And then a little bit later in the book, they're like, oh, snap, y'all are siblings. And then a few bits later, they're like, wait, just kidding. Y'all aren't siblings. So I was hoping here I would learn that that Luke and Leia were not siblings. Mm. I didn't learn anything about any of that. No. So now it's just burning. Yeah, none of the family pedigree is in this film. Film. Yeah. Who is she? She looks beautiful. Wait a minute. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you're fighting your pseudo uncle over her affections in your mind. You're like, yeah, good that you're not looking for her. I love that scene so much. (laughs) But you and your pseudo uncle trying to rock up on your sister, who I don't know if she's your sister. It's, it's it's hard for me. It's also, it's one of those scenes I forget is in the movie and then I watch it, I'm like, oh yeah, this scene's great. Like, mm-hmm. this, yeah, the little cockpit, like, her, you know, Han Solo trying to, oh yeah, I don't know, she's okay, you think a girl like her and a guy like me? No, no, Hard straight enough. up no. Or no. <laughs> Immediate no. How do you think That's as... the beginning of their relationship, their bonding. Mm. The Han and Leia? Han and, oh, Luke and Leia? No, or Han, Han and Luke. Luke. Han and Luke, and then in the cockpit as well, uh, Han and Leia. Mm-hmm. A little later, yeah, a few can, shots across the bow. You do get to see them all start to kind of form little bonds with each other, but they don't really have a lot of time to get to know each other. But that's just they're kind of going through the station and everything, and you see them all sort of form little dynamics with each other. That's all fun. It's a lot of show don't tell. Oh, a lot of show don't tell. Except for like Obi Wan, he definitely feels like the exposition. Well, let me tell you about the fools. Now, let me tell you about your father. He's probably the closest there's like an, to it. There's an exposition character. But otherwise, it's just all kind of mostly happens on, on screen. Mm-hmm. Are we keeping like shut mouthed about like whether or not that dude's dead? Are y'all going to tell me or? Obi Wan, do you want to know? Nice. No, no, it's fine. Can't spoil that for you. If you've never seen Star Wars, I'm not going to spoil that. That's messed up. Everyone spoiled most of the other things. Like what? <laughs> like I know about, about. No, that's fair. Almost nothing. Almost nothing. Just like four things. What what four things do you know? I know about Darth Vader. What about I know him? how he's like Luke's father. Okay. Um, I know about the the Le- the Princess Leia, and um, what's it? Luke Skywalker kissing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that they might be siblings. <laughs> really unsure, <laughs> and I know that somewhere in the game, and this isn't a spoiler so much as a moment of happiness. There is a baby Yoda. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in the scheme of Somewhere. things. Somewhere. Yes, baby Yoda there is. <laughs> and I know that C-3PO has an ass that just won't quit. You guys never told me. I would have watched this years ago. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Like, like new kink in. unlocked over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you can't, you almost can't come at it completely new. 
No, you can't. And so you do have some sort of preconceived notion of, I know there's kind of this and that. Yeah. And then it's almost like seeing how it measures up. Yeah, like the hand thing. I know someone loses a hand at some point. And so when he started acting like a fool with his lightsaber for the first time, I was like, well, that's the moment. Is this it? You're a big old dummy. You lose a hand. That would be it. Like if it came out on YouTube in 2020, just instantly. This is your father's weapon that he used in the... Instantly. On the floor. Blood spurting. It turns it on. Hand gone. Oh, man. Um, Michael, you're coming at this from having not seen it in several years. Yeah, it was it was enjoyable. I I really loved it. I was reminded how much I just love how much Han Solo is just he just does not care. You know, he's like all about himself. And I was just like, that's a good character written like wise. I was just like that. He just feels right. And then I love the Jawas. I always have. So the, all those little scenes were fun for me. Um, but overall, I was just I enjoyed the whole movie. Um, I remembered a lot as the movie came as it went on. Um but yeah, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about, it's kind of corny, um, but that just adds more to to how fun it is. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, makes it charming. Yeah, adds to the nostalgia factor too. You look back and like compare your viewing now to when you first saw it or whatever. I can't even specifically remember sitting down and watching it for the first time. I just mm-hmm. remember the feeling. Oh, I have such a vivid memory of the first time I watched this film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The yeah, score, no too. Oh, my goodness. Anytime that that song comes on, you're just like, oh. Thank you, John Williams. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, that was that's one thing that George Lucas is really good at is surrounding himself with extremely talented people. You know, from ILM, who did all the special effects, John Williams, who wrote an amazing score. Um, there's actors that are, like, wonderful for their parts, and it's a, a, a beautiful thing that he created, and, and he found the right people to create it. Because Star Wars, that like that would not be as epic. Luke looking out at the sunset without that beautiful theme underneath it, no. Or even like the Imperial March with like Darth Vader would not be as intimidating without the Imperial March playing behind him as he marches into the ship. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's amazing. Have you watched the final scene without any music underneath it? Yeah, it's so awkward. Yeah. No, it's hilarious. Like like yeah, just like the quiet, like it's like some coughs <laughs> from the audience and <laughs> silently putting the medals and no one is saying. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, well, but you get that, that you get that throne room music and that like celebration, and, and it's amazing. It's this beautiful award ceremony, and yeah. Sorry to take over your time, Michael. Oh no, no, just, the music is really good. I could you not love it? Do you, wait, um, if you're like a, I'm curious if you're coming at this from someone who loves the prequels. Is that like, and I assume those are a little clearer in your head mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. a little more. So is it kind of when you're watching this, kind of like. Oh yeah, and that you kind of seeing like the prequels in your head, and you're like, oh, that's right. But you're like, oh, but like he doesn't know he's Darth Vader, but mm-hmm. all the previous like prequels had set up who Darth Vader is, and right, right. And honestly, I was kind of sitting there a few times, and I was um, watching Darth Vader, and I was I was actually thinking about why he was taking like uh, what's it called instructions instruction or... from that guy, and I'm like, I feel like spoiler, Anakin would kind of listen to whoever tells him what to do, even if he had gone to the dark side, just because that's what he's always done. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, I could see that maybe. Even though it's not planned out, because, mm. you know. Uh, Michael, did you watch The Clone Wars? The, are you talking about the cartoon? The cartoon series, the, the I CG? I never finished it, but I have seen a bunch of episodes here and there. So there are later episodes where Anakin and Tarkin are, like, on screen together, and Anakin oh. definitely takes instructions from Tarkin. 
Mm-hmm. And so I just think that dynamic would carry through, you know, mm-hmm. you see some, someone who's high up in the military, someone you've seen as a leader, you know, you're going to listen to him even when you're also in a leadership position. Right. And even though like, cause I, I was just thinking, cause when you're watching this, you just feel like Vader's this menacing, like very powerful guy. But when you know where he came from, he didn't just like magically swap into being just, oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something interesting about Vader for this film, you know, he's such an imposing figure and he's this big, you know, and the main baddie, he has nine minutes of screen time in that entire film. That's it. Yeah, I was noticing how very little I was seeing him. I was like, I was like, dang, I thought he was like a power player. But A, I saw him more than I thought I would in some ways because I was like, I didn't expect him to be on the ship. Thought he'd be micromanaging. I had no idea that Vader was in it so little. He makes such an impression. It's kind of like Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. He's actually barely in the film, mm-hmm. but he makes such an impression. You're just thinking about him the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of wild. It becomes an icon for something that's barely there. It's really interesting. It's a, a weird phenomenon, and I love it. Mm. Um, you, BJ, come at this as being like a super fan. So what is like? what's it like for you to to focus on like the first movie. There's like a huge franchise outside of this. And now this is just one small part of it. Uh, yeah, like it's, it's super interesting. Although I will say like Star Wars, A New Hope is probably the movie of all of the Star Wars films that I've watched the most. Mm. Because if I'm going to sit down and watch one Star Wars film, it's going to be A New Hope. Mm. Because it is a self-contained story. All the others, the, the, the rest of the original trilogy, the prequels, the sequels, they all require the other films for viewing mm-hmm. where you could sit down and just watch this and it's a complete story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's, I love sitting down and watch it. I watched this last week. Mm. Like just like I was cleaning my room. Like, Oh, you know, I'm just going to put on star Wars while I clean my room. And, and um, my roommates and I too, like we have it pl- like a star Wars film playing on the, the screens almost all the time. Mm. It's just funny how that, how it pans out that way. I loved the watching it and watching Kelsey watch it <laughs> and like, like, oh, I know what's coming up. I'm going to look at her. Like, how is she going to react? And, and there were so many times when like, oh, she didn't, she didn't react to that. Like, oh, no. <laughs> like, so no was going like oh, my gosh, what's going on? Um, but it it was fun. And also, like, at the beginning, especially, I was making jokes and like, like, like saying things from parodies. And then I'm like, oh, I should stop making fun of this film, even though I love this film, so that she can have the experience of just watching, watching Star Wars. Yeah. What what did you expect a bigger reaction from me from? Like, what were your big, di- your big disappointments from me? It's not a disappointment at all, but like... But what were they? Like, thick 3PO. I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. His ass. Like, now that's all I'm going to think about is, like, C-3PO's metal backside. The, like, what did you say that guy's name was? Anthony something? Anthony Daniels. Good job, Anthony Daniels. Google him when I get home, I'll yeah. tell you. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> um, but, no, it was... I love this film. Um not only is it, I mean, it's just a fun adventure, hokey, like good time popcorn flick, but also just, just the nostalgia that I feel for it. Having, like I said, like such a vivid memory of the first time I watched this film and a vivid memory of, of just how impactful this has been in my entire life. Um, I, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting, I'm feeling a little misty eyed over here. It's just, I don't know. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
You're looking a little misty. I'm feeling a little misty. I want to hear your memory. I want to hear the yeah, memory. So, um, I was introduced to Star Wars through a Darth Vader costume for Halloween. Um, I think I, I was eight. No, I, I know. I was eight years old. And my mother used to always make our costumes, but for some reason she was unable to make mine. So she took me to the store and she said, you can pick any costume you want. But it was just a few days before Halloween. And it's not like it is now where there's like like an aisle of Halloween costumes. There was just a few left on the rack. And one of them was Darth Vader. And my mom's like, ooh, don't you want to be Darth Vader? And I'm like, who's Darth Vader? I like the, the, the thought that those words have ever left my mouth is something very, very interesting to mm. me. But, you know, he looked like a, a big, cool robot guy. And that's how she described him. My mother is not a Star Wars fan at all. Um, but, like, oh, he's like a robot guy. He, like, he, like, he can, like, push things. And he has a sword. And, and as a kid, I'm like, robot guy, you can push things with a sword. Hell yeah. I'll be that guy. Um, so we went home and she told my father, like, hey, like, BJ doesn't know who Darth Vader is. And my dad, he said, like, I have failed as a father. <laughs> like, my son does not know who Darth Vader is. And so um, he actually went to my grandparents' house and got the VHS tapes, and it was the the week of Thanksgiving. So about a month later, he sat me down, and he's like, we are going to watch Star Wars, where Darth Vader comes from. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I just vividly remember that opening shot of the Star Destroyer coming over the screen and just being like... <gasps> Like that's so big, and like and like, what is going on? There's lasers, and and just sitting there the whole time, and just being so enthralled by this film, and being captured by the magic that was created, and by the story that was being told, and these uh, these amazing characters on screen, and and like every time I sit down, and I watch this film again, I feel those feelings. I feel like the oh, like as you see the Star Destroyer pass by, and you see the the lightsaber battles, and Luke, you know, finally d- destroying the Death Star. Darth Vader, that first time that Darth Vader enters, and just going like, ooh, he's scary. Ah, oh, it's just it's so so beautiful and wonderful, and but that's my very very vivid, like I can remember sitting on the shag carpet in our living room, like gazing up at the television enthralled with this and those feelings is it's amazing and then when I found out that there were more films after that because I didn't know I just thought there was Star Wars and then my dad's like oh no there's more I'm like there's more yes. mm-hmm. and so the next like we watched one every weekend so we watched Star Wars and then episode 5 Empire Strikes Back and, and Return of the Jedi and ah and that was <laughs> well this is now my entire personality <laughs> that is so crazy I had the exact same experience with my dad so funny that you say that he he mentioned something offhand he made a Star Wars reference and I was maybe like 10 at the time and I was like what's Star Wars and he looked at me like he had failed as a father completely the look in his eyes I will never forget <laughs> that's funny yeah right weird that we've had that had that same experience <laughs> I have failed this yeah. is so fun I like how for so many people, it's like, it's not just them discovering Star Wars on their own. It's like a built-in family moment. Like, this is not a singular story or even just the two of you story. Like, I've heard that a million times from people who I've, like, met and talked to about it. And they're like, oh, I didn't really care about Star Wars until my cousin made me watch it. Until I watched it with my grandpa. Until my dad thought he was a failure and made me watch it with him. And it's really a huge family movie, which is kind of crazy since it's all about battle. Well, it's it's not just about no, battle. It's not. It it is in in the long run when you, if you continue watching, it is a story about family, mm-hmm. a story about not only your your given family but your found family and who you surround yourself with and relationships. Yeah, it's, yeah. 
But I agree. Like that's again one we talked about this earlier. I th- believe that's one reason why this has lasted, is because it is a father handing down this knowledge, you know, to his son, and mm-hmm. and you, you handing it all your your knowledge to your cousin or your your grandpa. You know, all these things, all these connections that it can make. It's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. That that's kind of in this movie with Obi Wan being like. I'm the family father or the, the, a friend of your father, like an old family friend. And Oh, like, yeah, here's the story about your dad and blah, blah, blah. And Luke's like, Oh yeah. Like in the movie, there is this literal like family telling the story and sharing it with your family years later. But then that's how like, and on, on a meta level, so many people experience it is like, Oh, let me tell you the story of star Wars, young Timmy, you know, kind of a mm-hmm. thing, passing it down. It's like, what is that? It's like, Oh, let me tell you. I think that's like the level that George Lucas sees all of that. You know what I mean? He's not so good maybe at some of the finer points, the writing and things, but he sees the idea and the concept like so clearly. Oh, yeah. And that that shines in this original three so, so well. Now I'm getting emotional. (laughs) I'm okay. I'm going to be okay, you guys. Well, what's it like for you? Like, when was the last time you watched this? Oh, you say with Cass? Yeah, we watched them all chronologically in like from prequel to to modern before The Last Jedi came out mm-hmm. and then got disappointed by The Last Jedi like you do <laughs> what's it like watching it this time anything like um, sticking out or I feel like you can watch this and see a little something different every time I tried to pay attention to new things uh, you know specifically because we're watching it again for the show and I wanted to have something cool to say I really appreciated uh, R2's blocking, especially when he's going through the canyon in that first scene. He's got so much character. They really established uh, him as a, a living, thinking machine early on. So much personality in that little guy, not ever saying a word. Oh, yeah, Ben Burt, the sound designer, like the beeps and boops and whistles that he captured, like, give so much emotion. It's crazy. He's got a streak of independence, that's for sure. Like, he, I wouldn't just see him as a robot either because he's like, I'm going to go now wherever the heck I want to. Whichever direction, doesn't matter if C-3PO is following me. I'm going to get there. <laughs> I'll see y'all. Yeah, there's like Luke and, and all like all these hero characters, but if you're really paying attention the whole time, like R2-D2 is kind of like, I thank God he was there. Like He carried the plans. He had the message. He got it to where it needed to go. He got them out of the trash compactor. It's like he was there with Luke. Like The whole time it's like, nope, don't worry, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> he is a boss. Yeah, the true hero of this story, because without him... Yeah, they'd dead. all be dead. Oh, yeah, many times. <laughs> mm-hmm. He saves them so many times. <laughs> Oh, and, and Star Wars, especially episode four, is based on a Kurosawa film called The Hidden Temple, which is an old Japanese samurai film. And there's two uh, peasant characters that are kind of, yeah, they're like get pulled along for the ride, but in, in the wake of the journey, they also really help our heroes along. And that's definitely what 3PO and R2 are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever played Ghost of Tsushima? I have not. Oh, there's a mode you can play where it's like a Kurosawa film. It's all black and white and awesome. stunning. It's amazing. So fun to play that way. Anyway. Yeah, when you say when you say you're looking for new stuff, like we're watching this 4K version. I haven't seen it like in like a 4K or whatever. Because um, I think the last time we watched it, we watched it like in DVD quality. So um, there's so many little details t- that you can catch. Like 
you can see like they didn't have a ton of money to make this movie, but boy, did they like stretch that and like really make it. They really are good about like, we don't have a lot of money, but if we film it like this and they go to the trouble of putting all these little details, so it really makes it look more than it probably is, you know, um, that's definitely something I noticed while watching it. I like all the little details. If you really pay attention, I missed the little movie magic imperfections of the unspecialized stuff. I'm not going to lie. Like I noticed when the land speeders going across Tatooine, there used to be a smudge because they were trying to blur out the wheels that it was, I mean, the track that it was on as it was going across the desert, they could only do so much. And that's all gone now. Cause digital clean it up with the computers. Yeah. Well, like, cause they called that the force field like that. They smudged the, the Vaseline on the camera that made it so it just looked fuzzy under the wheel, under like where the wheels would be. And like, oh yeah, it's the force field. It's like pushing it up. That's what's making it float. Yeah. That was like their like their thing. But now, yeah, they wiped that all away and it's just clear underneath. And it, I agree. Like you miss some of those movie magic things that they had to do. And yeah. You're, yeah. You're looking at like that human ingenuity and in action. They were doing the best they could with what they had at the time. I think that's amazing. Like, why would you, why would you get rid of that? Seems foolish. That's just my opinion. That is why I like like the movie, just the sheer audacity of the thing, like especially within the context of the time. It's just like, and also just, you can kind of see it just like, there is a kind of, you can believe that and not too far off camera, there's just like duct tape and like them trying to <laughs> hold the setup, you know, probably a bit of an exaggeration, but like. No, and it's it was not just an exaggeration. Wild, this was not the most commercial idea at the time. Sci-fi was not a big thing and. George Lucas just had this idea to do this crazy, like he wanted to do like a Flash Gordon remake and he couldn't get the rights. And he's like, well, I want to do my own thing. And it just has this, you know, just DIY blockbuster quality to it. It's like, there are parts where it films like, it's just a few guys in a desert trying to get some shots, but they make it just come alive in such a way. Like, but if we just focus a lot on what we can get on camera, focus all the money and attention on that, and it's like, yeah, it all still holds up, even if it's not as, say, polished as, like, the newer Star Wars movies or, like, the Marvel movies. Or There's just this rough-and-tumble quality about it. And it's, like, it's part of that whole 1970s decade when they're doing, like, the French Connection. This, this, uh, So many, like, bold, new kinds of movies. And I think it's easy to forget that Star Wars was also part of that in a different way. Like, we're going to do the science fantasy movie that no one's ever seen before and... Uh, I love that quality about this film. That's still like the thing that I always love watching about it. it. Just, just has that kind of raw blockbuster energy that it's still, that's, it's hard to find in a lot of movies. This is still so much more watchable, I think, than lots of other movies that get made today. Not, not, not to disparage modern movie making. There's just something, there is something special about this movie and just, they kind of threw it together, but boy, did they do a good job <laughs> doing it. They really did. Like with what they had, they, they milked it for all it was worth. Mm-hmm. And like when you were talking about duct tape, like literally there are shots, especially on this like high res, you can see, and I can point out to you like on like, like the stormtroopers arm cracked here and you can see they've covered it with duct tape, like literally on screen. There it is. This, oh, well, we got to make this suit last. So, you know, put some duct tape on it. It's so interesting. Yeah. I love that about it. I also like this as a kid, probably like, I think I saw this first. I saw them in order. But then, like, as a kid, the one that I really latched on to early was Return of the Jedi. There were, like, you know, Ewok teddy bear creatures and big epic battles. And it was just like, yeah. And Luke's a badass in that film. And 
but and then you get like the emperor, the emperor, you know. <laughs> um, but then, like as I got a little older, I really liked Empire Strikes Back because that's like the moody, like dark one, and it's like, and I didn't appreciate it as much as a little kid. But now that I've gotten older than that, I think I come to this movie as like my favorite. I just like, like I think I agree with you, BJ. If I were just to throw one in, it would be this one, just because it's like. It just works so well. It works as its own thing. It's not so much about the lore. It just feels so, even I've seen it a thousand times, it feels so new and fresh, mm-hmm. even though I've seen it a thousand times. It doesn't really feel like it's about Star Wars. It feels so magical and like mysterious and like, what could, what is all this? Well, they, they throw so much at you that, that when you were a kid, especially like you just had to let your imagination fill it in. Like the Clone Wars, we had no idea what the Clone Wars were. And then what we end up seeing in the films and like the series is nothing like what I imagined as a mm-hmm. child. Um, and, and so much stuff about the force and about like e- the empire, like where did this come from? Where is it going? What is all this? Like, and your my mind and my imagination ran wild with this film and, mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, for you watching Kelsey, like I think part of the thing why people love this movie is like the characters really stick out. Um, and you probably have some kind of little awareness of some of the characters. Do they kind of live up to like, kind of what's like, did you know there was like a Luke Skywalker? Yeah. Like I could, I could name most of the characters that I saw on the little like picture at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. I knew kind of who they were. I didn't know anything about them, mm-hmm. but I knew who they were. And there were some things I didn't expect. Like you were just describing like in Return of the Jedi that you really like it. And like Luke is kind of like this badass. I think going into it, I expected Luke to be kind of a badass. I wasn't thinking about him like he's like a child right here. Like he's Mm -hmm. like he's like kind of a bratty teenager and his uncle just died. And then he got another uncle and that uncle just died too. (laughs) And now he's getting another uncle and that one's probably going to die too. And he's just, he's just like, man, life is hard Mm -hmm. and life is hard, but I didn't expect him to seem like a teenager. And he does. And Leia, I thought would give more like, I don't know, just for some reason, little damsel vibes. Mm. And she does not give damsel vibes. She gives, why are you here vibes? And why are you saving me incorrectly vibes? And can I show you how to do this better vibes? Mm -hmm. So I, I knew who the characters would be. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that, um, that Obi-Wan Kenobi would be old Ben. I didn't know that part Mm -hmm. Um, when they were talking about an old Ben. I didn't actually expect it to be old Obi-Wan, maybe a distant relative. Somehow connected. (laughs) It did. It did. (laughs) I knew the characters, but I was surprised by getting to know the characters. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love your comment on Leia. And I think it's one of the things I like about the movie is that, they play with, it has this old school fantasy trope, the little farm boy and the wizard and the princess <laughs> in the castle that they have to go rescue. It's like, it's totally what it is. Um, but then they kind of play on your expectations a bit like, yeah, she isn't just a damsel. It's like, yeah. as soon as she gets rescued, she's like, and I'm in charge. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh yeah, I guess you are <laughs> princess Leia. And she's like out there just you know, like saving him and everything. And I'm like, every time I watch this movie, I'm like, and also thank God because she's the only woman in the movie. 
<laughs> Everyone else is just a white dude. She's yeah. the only woman in the movie. She's so the only movie, God. only woman in the movie, and she instigated the whole thing. You mm-hmm. know, like she managed to get like in the middle of being like, I don't know if I'm just imagining what was happening around her, but basically run down into capture hood. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like making a video, of being like, hey. You need to come and help me fix things. You knew my dad. Mm-hmm. Come do your job and I'll do mine. Mm-hmm. And so it literally none of this movie would have happened if she had just been that damsel that we expect. Because mm. they wouldn't have known. Luke would just be whining on their farm or whatever. And his mm-hmm. uncle would probably still be dead, but he would have a new one. And <laughs> maybe he'd raise him. But So many like one in a million shots in this movie, like from start to finish. Yeah. The, lots of odds being broken. There's no such thing as luck, except for everything that happens in this movie. <laughs> it's the will of the falls. Ah, oh, yeah, the, the will of the falls. Um, Michael, what's something that stood out to you this time that just rewatching it again? Well, to be honest, most of the movie, going off of memory before I watched it, was a lot of just faded memory. Like I didn't remember really any any details about it. Just major scenes. So as I watched it this time, I just really tried to pay attention to everything. So all the characters. Um, so like, so you asked me what's something that stuck out to me from this one. Uh, yeah, you know, to be honest, I didn't, I guess I didn't pay attention hard enough because I was just enjoying the movie as a whole. Um, cause through that, the whole thing, I was just having a blast. Um, I, I guess I got a lot hung up on Han Solo's character. Um, I just, I'm not even the biggest fan of Harrison Ford, but he does an, such an excellent job in this. And like anytime he was on the screen, I'm like, I feel like he's just plays his character so well. Um, but I, I agree about, I, even though I've seen the movie, I used to think that she was more damselly. And then, uh, when she's giving Han all that crap, I'm just like, Oh no, she's not <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so that was, that was something else I, I did notice as well. That was really cool. It's always nice when women are written as people in shows. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, you're a person with thoughts and feelings. Cool. Nice. Glad we're here. The chemistry was really good between the cast. So. That's, yeah, again, yeah, it's something that was great. The chemistry, especially between our, our three main heroes, is superb. And then you add in, you know, old Ben Kenobi and, and even R2 and 3PO and everything. Like the, the, the cohesiveness of the cast is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's almost like a lightning in a bottle situation. And it's like, I'm so glad that George Lucas, for the most part, cast unknown, except for Sir Alec Guinness. Well, I guess, you know, uh, what's his name who plays Grand Moff Tarkin? He was... Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing was definitely like, he was in like the old... Um, Sherlock like, Holmes. And- yes. Um, but aside well, from Alec Guinness, it's all these kind of young... And Harrison Ford, like, wasn't like a young, like, hotshot like Mark Hamill, but... Vader's voice. What's his name? James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. He was working. He was doing Broadway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The voice of Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they don't cast like, but it's not like all the big Hollywood stars of the time. It's all these mm-hmm. unknowns. So you could really focus in on the characters. And so much of that is what I think makes it work. If it was like Burt Reynolds. Can, as can like, you imagine? Yeah. Well, because he was up for the role of Han Solo. Yeah, was he? Yeah, yeah Burt Reynolds, uh, Christopher Walken was up for the role of Han Solo. Uh, can you imagine? No. Like, what kind of movie would it have been? Like Princess. All, all the what? Like, all right, listen, it's a hunk of junk, but it's what it is, Princess. Like, I can imagine it, but I don't want to. Now that I've seen it correctly, I don't want to imagine that. If I just 
floating home. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like I always, I always wonder. You know, the the would this have been as successful of a franchise had Christopher Walken been cast instead of Harrison Ford, yeah. or had um, uh, I can't think of any, I can't think of others for Luke that were up for it. But at the time, like there were other actors who were up for Leia and who were up then like. Would it have been the lightning in the bottle that this ended up being? It's such a like fun like what if? I think, and even beyond the cast, it's like the designs of like what's his name, Ralph McQuarrie, that he was able to get to like mm-hmm. work on it, and then someone like because he had just formed ILM like a couple of years before this, which was fortuitous because um, I think 20th Century Fox, their visual effects department, shut down shortly before the film, and so like thank God he had started his own special effects company. At couple of years before it's like there's so many little things about this movie that like if didn't go just so it's like yeah w- would this have turned out the same way mm-hmm. there's so much like this 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 and oh my god <laughs> we made the best movie of all time accidentally <laughs> yeah the, like all well, the computer motion capture that they use like like moving the camera with using a computer was originated with this film and and ILM is to thank for that. And how we use blue screens originated in this film. Mm-hmm. So many things that this film brought us for special effects. Mm-hmm. ILM, Industrial Light and Magic. You can't make a movie in Hollywood nowadays without using them. Because from this point on, they became such a force in Hollywood mm-hmm. for special effects. It's, it's amazing. And it, there's a documentary right now on Disney Plus called Light and Magic. Uh, which is about like the story of ILM becoming what they are. And it it, it, start, it really was five guys in a garage building these things that would alter the fate of all cinema. Mm-hmm. So amazing. John yeah. Williams did the same thing with his music in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like themes were a thing, but he the way he gave each character hooks, he, he gave those specific moments such beautiful melodies. No one had ever really done it the way he did it before. That changed the game as well. I think yeah. American Film Institute ranks it as like the number one film score of all time. And rightfully so. I mean, like number one. Um, you said, Michael, when we were watching, it's like, this doesn't feel like an old movie to me. It's like, and we talk about sometimes how it's like, old movies aren't necessarily your thing. Um, and they're like, if you watch some other movies of the time from 1970s, they kind of have a vibe. Like the French Connection does not <laughs> look or play like this. But when you were watching, you're like, this doesn't feel like an old movie. This feels like this could basically more or less come out today as is. It feels like an indie was, film. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like there there were scene, definitely scenes you could feel like, oh yeah, this was made back in the 70s. Um, but then, but overall just, and especially I guess since we're watching it in 4K, just all the detail you can see and like all the, you said it was, what what is the phrase you use? Practical um, effects, mm-hmm. not like special effects. They do such a great job at making this. I think the only thing it has that makes it feel old is the the recording of the audio. Um, but other than that, yeah, I was like, and, and a few cheesy CGI things here and there. Um, overall, I'm just like, yeah, I. Uh, there's definitely a different vibe when you watch a typical like oldies movie. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's like it really does kind of feel like the first modern blockbuster. Even today, it's like, yeah, that's kind of. So many movies still kind of do a similar kind of a thing, more or less. I mean, there's been so much like variation and imitation, but you feel like so much of it is still like, okay, it's going to be Star Wars, but with superheroes. Okay, it's going to be Star Wars, but with like blue people. Or with wands. (laughs) Okay, I see the shots fired. Expelliarmus. 
Whoa, Expelliarmus. <laughs> well, you know, Kelsey, some people do, like, lots of people will make comparisons to the, this and Harry Potter. Yeah, like I've heard a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like Luke mm-hmm. and Harry, like, especially now you being like a Harry Potter, you know, fan is like, now that you kind of haven't seen this movie is like, does that track, do you think? Well, so a lot of it, I think, is stuff that you don't really see in this first one because a lot of it is, like, about the whole being a chosen one and all that. And that didn't really come into play mm. in in this story. The only parts that you really see that are totally similar is, like, oh, yeah, he's a little orphan boy raised by his uncle and his aunt has this different... Like, you don't see it here, but it is a different destiny, mm-hmm. like a different track for his life than what he had originally anticipated. Because mm-hmm. um, he was just, like, learning stuff to take over stuff and help out with his uncle. And that kind of changed changed pace very quickly for him. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was also something else that stuck out to me, just that I didn't remember. But Luke was basically like, I just want to go off to college, man. Like, (laughs) he was just ready to get out of home, and then it totally swapped, and now he's going through the universe trying to save... You know, the front lines attacking this. Yeah. Galactic (laughs) war. Um, But I didn't realize, you know, that Luke was just a normal guy. I was like, yeah, yeah, man, I just don't want to do chores anymore. Just a teenager fighting Mm -hmm. to leave his hometown. His uncle being like, nah, we should stay. His aunt being like, he can't stay here forever. He'll have to explore sometime, somewhere. You know, one thing we were talking about, like the modern modern movie making, one thing that does feel a little different to me is like the pacing of this film. I feel like if, if you watch a modern Star Wars or like a whatever kind of a movie, so many feel very zippy, like stuff is happening the whole time. This movie, it was like, there's a big moment at the beginning where it's like, oh, like the Empire and Rebels and so much is happening and explosions. And then it just all kind of, and then it really just kind of starts really simple with the two droids lost in the desert and it just feels so just empty and open. It's like, now what? And then just throughout the movie, there's just slow build. It's like, they find Luke. Then Luke gets to Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan gets this. And then eventually Han involved and eventually they're flying there. And oh my God, now there's a Death Star. And oh my God, we got to get the princess somehow. And now we're fighting the thing. Like it just, there's this continued escalation and just building off at this core little like, okay, I see this little like, there's plans and there's droids on a planet. And, And you know, there's context, like something crazy is going on, but then it just throws you onto this planet. And then it just really just slowly, it takes its time. Like it, and as a kid, I didn't like that as much. Now I do, because it really takes its time just slowly ramping it up. Even like some like the sequels, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, they real quick get into the action right at the, the get-go for the rest, the whole rest of the movies. They mm-hmm. just go, go, go. This one takes its time. Yeah, this is a slow burn, and I, I do appreciate that. Especially now, as, as being older, I appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really now that I'm an old man, <laughs> old BJ Kenobi out here. <laughs> what have we become? <laughs> I really like slow movies now. <laughs> Does that mean I'm getting older? It's really, <laughs> it's a really slow pacing, except for all of the fighting that's happening constantly. <laughs> that's I mean true. <laughs> There's there, there is like, constant like stuff going on despite all that. Pacing slow, fighting very quick. <laughs> very quick. As a kid, you're always like, ah, come on, just fast forward to the X-Wings. 
<laughs> they pull out a lightsaber. Where are the X-wings? Come on, Kelsey. Did this? Does this feel like a? Because we talked about like this feels so modern to us. But you watching this? Does this feel? How did? How does this hold up watching it in twenty twenty three? Being a nineteen seventy seven film. You know, it didn't. I know y'all said a few times that it it kind of. I mean, besides the little CGI that they put in to fix up the old Vaseline situation, that it felt a little dated for parts of it. But I never really felt that it was super dated. I felt like it wasn't super fancy, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I wasn't bored with it. Like I get with a lot of like very older movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't find it boring at all. I, I liked it. I thought it held up well to modern movies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of subtle CGI work in there, like on the Death Star and the Jawa and stuff. Like it looks a lot better than it did mm-hmm. in the old, in the olden days, in the old times. I mean, so much of it is still the the, the original film, though, and it's, a lot of it still looks great. Um, do you know? Um, so, there's not a lot of Jedi stuff in this film, and that's I feel like a lot of the modern zeitgeist of Star Wars is like the Jedi stuff, all the lightsabers and stuff, and that isn't it's like it's there, but it feels like such a kind of minor element to everything else. It's so interesting to me that like modern Star, like so much of Star Wars in the future becomes so dominated by like all the, the, the Sith, the Jedi, all that kind of a stuff. And that's all really kind of kept to the background in this film. That's not really what kicks it all off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much more like blasters and spaceships. And- well, yeah, Cause they talk about like, yeah, lightsabers, an ancient weapon and a hokey religion, you know, like mm-hmm. why, why would you even deal with that now? Mm-hmm. Luke doesn't even know what the force is. Yep. I think um, so many of the people who are that we hear from nowadays, like all the Star Wars fans, grew up with the prequels, which are heavily, you know, Jedi Sith based, and so that's I think where a lot of like you know the the focus on Jedi come is from the prequel films, mm-hmm. and we do get it obviously in the sequels as well, and a little bit in the other films of this, but the prequels are heavy on the Jedi and heavy on the Force and and the hokey religion and all that. I mean, you have Darth Maul and like his iconic fight style. Oh yeah, so, I, I will say that was a little thing I was just laughing at when when you do have Vader and 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 fighting. I'm just like, this could be a better, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but other than that, you know, it's all it's all really good. But I do agree, like the lightsaber fighting and everything did just kind of take a back seat, and it didn't bother me at all. Like um, it let you appreciate the other things about the movie. Yeah, it's it's funny. Everyone calls this, you know, this is the the Star Wars movie, but there's actually so many elements that are like now like go hand in hand on Star Wars that aren't in this film and show up in like you said like what Yoda's not in this? Like where's Yoda? Like baby Yoda's not the, in this? The em- yeah. The Emperor? Wait, he's not in this? Like yeah, there's lots of stuff that isn't in this film, you know, that is now like ubiqu- ubiquitous when it comes to Star Wars. So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny though like yeah, it's, it can. It really does give it that like fresh and fresh quality still to this day. But it also like because everyone's growing up and hearing so much. Like even if you are like me and you haven't watched a single Star Wars except for that one time on a date when you didn't see half of it, um, you hear about so many different things, and so you are expecting it and you don't see it when someone's like, "Oh, start at this movie." So you start it, you watch it, you don't see what you're expecting to see. So. It kind of 
gets you in the spirit of Star Wars. It's like, well, I guess I have to watch more of it mm-hmm. because I have to know answers to my burning questions. I don't think I'm alone in feeling that. I feel like everyone's like, wait, but what the hell is this about? This mm-hmm. one thing. Mm-hmm. I was literally sitting here after we watched this. I'm like, well, now I got to watch the other two. <laughs> oh, I, I feel next. like I'm just missing something. <laughs> Um, well, does that mean if at some point we do Empire Strikes Back, you're all going to come back and do yeah. the sequel? Yeah. I might be available. Yeah, it might be available. <laughs> I have some um, penetrating questions. <laughs> oh, let's go to penetration. Funny, <laughs> funny thing. The penetration of the shaft specifically. You <laughs> so, said you had something to yes. talk about. If, if you think about it, almost all of the lines used in the Death Star Trench run can be sexual innuendos. <laughs> Think about any line there. They're coming from behind. That was coming from behind. Look at the size of that like, thing. Look at the size of that thing. Like, at that speed, will you be able to pull out in time? It only impacted on the surface. It didn't go in. Didn't go in. Almost there. Almost there. Evacuate in our moment, moment of, of triumph. triumph. So many lines. <laughs> Co- cover me, Porkins. Yeah, like, like every, like, so many of those lines in the Death Star Trench run, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, like out of context. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I love it. What were the big takeaways from watching Star Wars? You're not going to believe this, but penetration and C-3PO's ass. C-3PO's ass. <laughs> what? Honestly, it just doesn't quit. <laughs> I get it. Look, let's talk to Anthony. There Can we is. get Anthony's mom down here? Let's just Come ask on. her some yeah. questions about what she fed that kid. <laughs> Skinny everywhere except the ass. What did you feed that kid? Oh, man. Some, a scene that I, for some reason, just really like is when um, R2's going through the canyons and the little Jawa heads are popping up. I'm like, this is kind of creepy, um, which I thought was really cool because uh, I normally just put Jawas with these goofy little things, but that moment there, I, I was really cool. Their little beady eyes just popping up. That's what I'm saying, dude. You're right there with R2. It. I feel like he's wary about it. He stops mm. and he looks around. Mm-hmm. Slowly moves forward. Yeah, you're creeped out by that. Yeah, like and like if you had never seen this film ever, had no idea what Jawas were, and R2's going down this canyon, and all of a sudden you see these like glowing eyes here, and like R2 turns and they're gone. And this, this you know, pops out here. Oh, and it's gone. Like, what is going on? It's so cool. So cool. Such a fun element and, a, and a, like a semi-creepy element. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then they start making their noises and then you're just like, well, they're what not that creepy. I think the orangeness, like the bright orange quality of their eyes, I was like, what the hell is going mm. on here? Mm-hmm. Just waiting for the pop scare, and then you're right. When they came out, <laughs> they were so cute. <laughs> yeah, like their their little voices and like how they like move, running and, around. Like mm-hmm. yeah, when he shoots R two, it's like mm-hmm. the fear's gone. You're just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, I think it's little things like that that really make the movie work, though. Like, um, because this movie is definitely like there's a wink behind it the whole time. It's like don't take this too seriously. Like this is clearly popcorn fun. Just have a good time. Like don't think about it too hard. It's just silly nonsense, but done so well. But the fact though, that they, they take it seriously and they're like, okay, but like, it's not just going to be silly aliens. Like you're going to feel a little creeped out by these little Jawa guys. Cause you don't know what these are or like the scene in like the trash compactor. It's like, okay, but this is actually, ew, 
there's a there's a monster in here and it's garbage water and oh I'm not here for that trash anaconda. I'm not here for it. <laughs> Dianoga. Um any other final thoughts before we wrap it up? I I noticed a lot of things because I, I liked having the group because um, you do get a lot of different perspectives, a, a lot of really funny commentary. And then just I don't think I would have noticed um, Leia's British accent <laughs> if you guys hadn't pointed out. I'm like, oh, my goodness, she totally does have a British accent in this scene. Yeah, like that, that stuff brought up quite a bit because she was actually training in London at an acting school. Um, and then you're, you're on set with Alec Guinness, who is a British actor. And so like and and Peter Cushing and so many of the Imperials are all British. And so I can imagine being this young actress trying to make your mark and being surrounded and then slipping into this quasi British accent for only several scenes when you're with the Imperials and then being an American the rest of the time. It's very interesting. We'll just pretend she was making fun of them. And, right. There uh, you go. Yeah. There you go. talking. You talk like this. Exactly. There, Julie. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep thinking about it like I originally thought about it, which is just the initial impression of like, I've done a lot of dumb things to fit in. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past me to fake an English accent to fit in with the leaders around me. <laughs> Do you ever talk to someone with like a really heavy accent and then you accidentally kind of like slip into the accent while you're talking to them? Oh my gosh, yeah. High five myself. No, no, as an actor, I've definitely done that before. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not mocking you. It's just... I just did that. I'm crazy, yeah. Yeah. It's even worse when you can't do it because... Uh, <laughs> then you're mocking them for sure. Then you're mocking them. <laughs> Just being dragged back to her cell. She's like, yeah, my planet just died, but I can't believe I just spoke British. It was so embarrassing for me. So embarrassing for me. (laughs) Yeah, billions of people are dead, but oh my God, I'm an idiot. Lock me up. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And she's like, I deserve it. Yep, throw me in the cell. Sorry, sorry. spoken in my American accent. He wouldn't have been provoked to destroy. <laughs> right, yeah, Tarkin was, was a really chill guy until Leia was making fun of his accent. <laughs> or make fun of me, will you? You may you fire, fire when, when ready. ready. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, don't push the guy with the gun toward your planet. And now you know how to feel. <laughs> yeah, it's like feelings are hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally reasonable, valid response. Huh? <laughs> totally. Tarkin needs some therapy. <laughs> kind of lashed out there, man. Look, I don't know if they had enough therapists back in the day. I just, they needed to do something. I bet they had. lock her up, it's lock her up. Yeah. One or two counselors aboard the Death Star. I mean, there's like a few million people on the right, or a million people yeah. or so. Yeah. It's not enough to go around. So it's always funny to think, look at it. If you look at this from the perspective of the Empire, you know, the Empire is the ruling society. You know, it's the government. And then you have a band of rebels or, you know, terrorists come and blow up a government facility. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've seen so many parodies of like, you know, like, like today the rebel alliance, the terrorist group known as the Rebel Alliance destroyed the Death Star. Like millions were lost and blah, blah, in this senseless act of violence. And like, <laughs> it's so funny. And that was, that was kind of the funniest thing to me when I, when we sat down and, and you know, we're seeing the stormtroopers and we're seeing all this and they're like shooting at R2-D2 and C-3PO, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. I thought the white Stormtrooper dudes were were the good guys. You're like, yeah, well, I mean, depending on who you stand with, like, they're <laughs> government employees for sure. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the armed forces. They're, they're our boys out there. Support the troops. Right. You know? <laughs> You're like, these guys are a literal terrorist <laughs> against them. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot, okay. But, you know, when you have a tri- tyrannical government, you know, 
You gotta do what you well, gotta do. Yeah, what's gonna happen? You gotta give it the old college try. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It also adds more to when we were talking about why did that stormtrooper just let C-3PO leave? It's like, yeah, you know, he's just paid to Go do ahead. his job, you know? <laughs> right. He's trying not to get killed. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just wanna take this other droid down there. Yeah, cool, dude. Go on. <laughs> like, whatever. I don't get paid enough. <laughs> I just work here. <laughs> as long as I don't have to be the one fighting the people, getting shot at, I'm good. I'll stand here. Yeah, you're good. My work contract actually didn't involve you at all so <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing about droids like do, droids we're good dude i'm clocking out in five minutes i don't <laughs> care <laughs> <laughs> it's too late in the day for this shit the cafeteria has a uh, new dessert <laughs> if i don't go now there's gonna be none there's left. not gonna be any left <laughs> i haven't even had <laughs> my coffee and i still feel so bad for whoever it is that has to the uh the reactor or whatever the ob1 turns off the tractor beam yeah whoever has to go around and do maintenance on that yeah that guy was out to lunch when snowy ob1 snuck in and <laughs> there's literally a guy back there 24 7 just oh and there's so many jokes about that in again parody stuff that in the Death Star you have these huge chasms you know and no handrails you're just walking <laughs> on, a, on a path out there no handrails nothing that's going to keep you from falling why do we have an open pit like this is so many OSHA violations <laughs> that was going on here and then all the parents around you know in the real world are like yeah let's get our kids to watch this mm-hmm. like this is going to be a great learning experience for them they're going to enjoy all those sides that we wish they wouldn't touch we're scared of <laughs> stand on the cliff sure 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 yeah, but like I don't know. As a kid, I didn't notice there weren't handrails. <laughs> like, <laughs> cool. Look at that cool bridge. That's a, that's a cool bridge over that really cool chasm. Yeah. That ocean oh, violation. the map painting. What do you think stormtroopers make a year? Like none of that, right? No, no idea. Right. As a kid. Oh yeah, they're just the, they're just the faceless. <laughs> I bet they're not getting paid enough. Certainly not. Knowing the Empire, cheap bastards. They put it all into R&D and making space stations. Right, building giant <laughs> lasers. More, more than one. Just a little government <laughs> stipend. Yeah. Mm. Oh dear. What a fun movie. Though, a fun movie with a rather... I, I never really stopped to think about it, but this movie has a ginormous body count. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, an entire planet and then an entire <laughs> moon-sized government facility. Yeah. Millions and Maybe billions of people gone. There's this fun little ceremony where they give medals to the two guys, and it's like, yeah, billions of people. Are dead. <laughs> billions of people. Billions are dead. of people. Even Princess Leia doesn't seem too shook up about it. Yeah, it's her home planet. Well, but. she does have that one line when she when they show up on Yavin Four, where the guys like, like Princess Leia, like you're here. Like when we heard about Alderaan, we feared the worst, and she's like, we don't have time to mourn, like to worry about it right now. We have to deal with the Death Star, so. There are novels after this where it does show Leia struggling with that. Mm-hmm. You know, my entire planet, my mother, my father, everyone I've known is gone. Uh, but in this moment, she doesn't have time to be sad. She doesn't have time to mourn their loss because there's a, you know, the Death Star coming to blow up another planet. So we got to take care of it. You know, she like Leia's Leia is strong, like like a badass female, and really like able to compartmentalize like a badass. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, nope, nope, got to compartmentalize that. I will deal with that later. This is what we're doing with now. <laughs> a pretty realistic depiction of, depiction of human nature. Yes. 
what a person would do potentially in that situation. Just shut it down. Can't focus on that right now. Got to think about what's ahead. I was thinking maybe just death wasn't as, you know, it's more commonplace in this world because, I mean, even Luke was like, oh, my uncle's dead. dead. Uh, Oh, Ben's dead. (laughs) So casual about this. My weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and even like Obi-Wan, like, you know, cutting off arms in the bar and Han Solo shooting a guy and leaving his body on the table, like, well, right, it's pretty so casual. Like, like, oh, maybe it's <laughs> it's the Wild West out here. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, you know, I didn't, as far as the death toll, like, it didn't feel, I know this sounds crazy, it didn't feel like that big of a deal. Like, it didn't feel targeted when it was, like, the whole planet situation. I'm like, that could happen to anybody. <laughs> but there were a lot of needless deaths that were, like, one-on-one that I was like, how dare you? That dude just walked into the room he didn't even have his gun pointed. What are you doing? Well, I, like the Leia at the very beginning, yeah. like, oh, there's one set for stun. And then she shoots him. Yes. Like, he was just going to stun you. He didn't want to hurt you. The senseless violence of it all. Uh, now I got these ideas that they're real people. It's like, Jeff, no. <laughs> well, and that's why they put them in the armor with no faces, because they don't want you to think right, of them as, right. this is Joe. Yeah, just on his shift. Like, no, that's a, a faceless evil stormtrooper. Right. It's the same reason, like, Modern movies, if it's a robot or an alien, they'll just like decapitate them or just wipe them out. But if it's a person, they like, don't. yeah, unless yeah. you're watching like John Wick or something. But <laughs> most, but most movies, like if they're wanting to keep it like PG thirteen, they don't they don't have that unless yep. it, like Lord of the Rings, they uh, decapitate like a hundred goblins in the Hobbit movies. No problem. Just like eh, that's fine. Yeah, but exactly. uh, you decapitate one person in a movie, and then it's like. Radar. When the horses die, it's like, no! <laughs> they gotta give the humans a chance to fight back. At least, you know, for the visual aspect, they gotta give them a chance. Can't just saw through a whole crowd of them. Unless you're in Star Wars. <laughs> just a Tuesday here in Star Wars Galaxy. <laughs> Galaxy. I killed five people. Only five people? Tommy. Tommy. And the, the, uh, the office worker, right right here. Where, yeah, Larry uh, of the office temp. Mm-hmm. How many people <laughs> were just off duty when the Death Star blew up? Dead. Right, it's a good thing that the Death Star blew up because at some point, if you know, it was just a regular Tuesday, someone would show up at the office on Thursday and they'd be like, damn, where are the donuts that are here every week? What happened to the donuts? And they'd be like, oh... James brought those. Mm. They'd be like, what happened to James? He was on the Death Star. Rebels. Oh. I had friends on the Death Rebels. Star. <laughs> I feel bad about asking about the donuts now. <laughs> <laughs> was there a funeral? No. Okay. What? Was someone else going to take over in, the donuts? In their defense, on Coruscant, there is a Death Star memorial with okay. the names of all the people who died, died on the first Death Star. God, yes, like the first Death Star. The bad guy won. Back. The first? <laughs> there are sequels, Kelsey. Spoiler alert. <laughs> there are sequels. Now I know five things about Star Wars. <laughs> More than one Death Star. <laughs> Add it to my list. Well, now that that's been spoiled, I can say, I was thinking, I was like, why did they do this again? Like, <laughs> Let's build another one. Millions and millions of lives. Let's do it um, again. By the time this happened, the second Death Star was already under construction. Oh, okay. So okay. it's like, we might as well finish it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we didn't have enough storage for it, really. We've got another one coming, so. I mean, they pumped all that government too. funding into it. They got it. They got to fall through. The thing about that is it's a government building. It starts to track. It makes a lot more sense. Yeah, Sunken costs. We put too much into it. We got we to finish it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
Well, I think by the conversations we've all been having that we have clearly answered the question, is this still the ultimate nerd movie? So nerdy. (laughs) (laughs) I would say yes. Again, if I'm going to... If I'm going to watch a nerd movie, just one, it'll probably be Star Wars. This is the one? Yeah. That or Back to the Future, like I said. Mm, Love Back to the Future. That is a great nerd nerd movie. movie. Have you seen Back to the Future? I've seen Back to the Future. I love it. But like I said before, Star Wars, any Star Wars, is the only nerd movie for me. (laughs) (laughs) You can name any other movie right now and be like, nah. No. This is it. (laughs) Not even Star Trek? No, because that's not a movie. There are lies. There are so many movies. Thir- Thirteen films. Woof! Thought it was just the TV show. Nope. <laughs> Maybe that'll count too. Give me a minute to see that. Okay. <laughs> I really like. They have some new ones too with Chris Pine, and uh, I really like those ones. Those are good. What? Mm-hmm. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Information overload. Right. <laughs> Fucking dorks. <laughs> Nerd. Well, hopefully we'll get you back for the sequel, Empire Strikes Absolutely. Back, if we get decided to do it. And hopefully all of you all will come back and do. Maybe we'll eventually get all three of them, see how they all stick up against each other. Don't I'm game. Well. Yeah, I mean, I felt left out. I was like, I wanted to see all the scenes where Luke's awesome. And yeah. I was like, it just hasn't happened. Well, I mean, he's great in this too, but you know. We'll get like where he becomes awesome. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. yeah. Luke was my hero growing up, still is one of my favorites. Was he your hero from the beginning, like from this one? Oh, yeah. When he was just I a love Luke in this teenager. Well, oh, yeah, because I was a little nice. kid who, yeah, I wanted more. I wanted adventure. Yeah. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to sit here, Dad. I mean, like, part of me still relates to him, <laughs> right? <laughs> sure. Your haircut too. He's got the most perfect shag. Actually, I, I thought that like when you came in, I'm like, oh, he dressed for the occasion. <laughs> like he's he's doing his Luke Skywalker over here. I love. No, I love it. It looks great. Uh. Like, I'm just wearing his black outfit. You like, are. You're his Return of the Jedi outfit. We could have gotten you a nice tunic for the occasion. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I remember growing up in the 90s, and as a kid, his hair seemed so dated. But now, I'm just like, no, actually, it flies now. <laughs> it's fine. You've gone right. full circle. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. How the times changed. <laughs> At my high school, that was the style when I was like 05. Oh, like Shag early 2000s? In, oh, man. for sure. That was, that was a different time. But like in 93, that was like... What is that? That was the year I was born. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you sweet, sweet summer child. Right. <laughs> no concept of the 80s at all. None. I think this year's the 70s. <laughs> so yeah, 77 this film came out. And then every three years, so 81 was for Empire Strikes Back, and then 84 for Return of the Jedi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they, it holds up really well. Yeah. Yeah, still, still the standard. Ultimate nerd movie. Ultimate nerd movie. What was your was one line that you remember from the film? You know what? Mine was that dude too. I can't remember the whole line, but Porky was his name. Porky. Porkins. Porkins. That that bit because you said it had the in, the innuendo, and I thought about it the second he said it. I was like, uh. <laughs> Are we going to let that one slide? (laughs) 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 Just in the time it was. I was like, I looked around for a second. Y'all looked casual about it. No, it's not the most worthwhile line I remember. But it did make me stop for a long minute. (laughs) Good. What about you, Michael? What's a line from A New Hope that sticks out to you? Honestly, I'm not sure. That's this is the problem with my memory. Like it just kind of mushes everything together. 
Um, yeah, I don't think I got anything. Nothing. Sorry. May the force be with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's so, like, you know, just always used. You know, that's always expected. Sure. See, ones that I heard called out, like the, the like, Flyboy, like, get in the garbage, shoot Flyboy, and, like, that stuck out to... I'm, su- I'm still surprised by that one. Yeah, and then, will someone get this walking carpet out of my way? <laughs> you know? those, those were good lines, um, but... And, and so like weird. I said, I had forgotten about the Han and Luke in the cockpit and, like, talking about Leia. And, like, <laughs> totally, like, watching Han, like, know that he's, like, messing with Luke. You know, like, what like what about, what do you think? A girl like her and a guy like me? No. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Like, it's like, I, whoa. <laughs> I would say that one, definitely, I was like, oh, my goodness, that totally makes sense. If I liked a girl and somebody was talking about, like, no, mm-hmm. no chance. Well, she doesn't like you. Sorry. Go away. No. <laughs> On the same level, being like, what do you think about Princess Leia? And he's like, I don't really think about Princess Leia. He's like, good. It's good, yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> You know, this bit where Han Solo's on the intercom. We're fine now. Thank you. We're fine. How are you? Great line. Great line. The cringe, like, what the fuck? Uh, Han Solo, he always just, he's got such a swagger, but he's also (laughs) such an idiot. (laughs) Doesn't live up to his own swagger. It's amazing. (laughs) I always love all the Obi-Wan lines. Obi-Wan's, I think, always the character that always sticks with me. Oh, classic. I always like all that. I just love his cadence. Uh, Who's when he's more talk- of a fool, the fool or the fool <laughs> who follows him? The sand people are easily startled, but they'll be back and in greater numbers. <laughs> I'll be honest, I remembered Ben Kenobi being a lot more crazy. Mm. And like, I thought he was going to be, and then I watched this, and I'm like, no, he's actually very, like, he's... Very calm and Yeah, I was like, serious. he's got all this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I kept thinking he was crazy. The old man out in the... He's not yeah, Gandalf, even though he is Star Wars Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Ben. Old Ben the Hermit? That's what he wants you to think. He's that crazy old guy in the desert. The Hermit? Yeah. Yeah, Yoda is much more crazy when we, when we first meet Yoda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. seriously. He's a whole different character. Yeah. That poor guy. What's... What? alone in the, in the dark side planet. Yep. Dagobah. Oof. What about you, like, fan fans? I know y'all are listing off a lot of quotes that impact you or that you remember, but what are y'all your favorite? Your from favorite this film? quote from this film. Um, don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. I love that line. It's a great <laughs> one. Um, I love how Tarkin, Peter Cushing, is like, you may fire when ready. Like, I don't know why. And he, does, he says it twice in this film. And just the, the cadence <laughs> that he uses and the, like, I'm like, ooh, I don't know why. It gives me the chills. <laughs> He's got good cadence. Too bad him and Alec Guinness don't have any scenes together. Right? They're both so good. I also like Luke's line. Well... There's a bright center to the universe. You're on the planet where it's farthest from. I liked that one. (laughs) A lot of really good lines, honestly. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because George Lucas becomes famous down the road for like not having great dialogue. But but he wrote and directed this. Yes, he wrote, but didn't like he had other people help him Mm. edit. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's. That's one thing with the original trilogy is that Fox and like the studio had George on such a tight rope, mm-hmm. like like his leash, like like hey yeah we we're giving you some money but you got to have this guy doctor your script you got to have this person edit and you got to have and to help make the movie what it became, um, and when he came back and wanted to do the prequel trilogy they're just like take the money do what you want, and I feel that because of that although I, I have such a soft spot for the prequel films, their their quality. In, in many aspects, suffered because they weren't on a shoestring budget. They weren't 
you know, trying to use duct tape to hold it together to make sure that we could get through this film. You know, they just had millions to throw at it. And he had nobody to say no to him. And no one, yeah, everyone became a yes man around him, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Episode two is is exactly what I thought of when you mentioned maybe not the greatest dialogue. Oh, that hurts. (laughs) And that's, George, I've always felt that George Lucas is a beautiful idea man. Um, And so he throws out all these ideas and world building, amazing, uh, like unparalleled. But then he needs other people to take those ideas and craft them into these works of art. Well, because like George Lucas originally edited this as well, Star Wars, and the edit that he did was trash, apparently. Like I guess like Steven Spielberg saw it, so many other people saw it, the studio, and they're like, we are going to lose all of our money. This is horrible. No one is going to watch this. And George Lucas's wife at the time, she's like, George, let me edit this for you. And so she edited it into this, and that's the film that we got. <laughs> like, like the, the Death Star originally, like there was no like countdown to the Death Star blowing up Yavin. That wasn't, wasn't even a thing. They were just going and attacking the Death Star on their own. So like she built in that tension at the end, like we need to destroy this before it destroys us. And like she built it in through editing, which you know wasn't there originally. And this, they, yeah, they thought it was a complete trash film before they had someone else take a look at it and fix it. And, you know, and George, although he's credited with it, he did not direct Empire or Return of the Jedi. He was there as an idea man. He was there as a script supervisor, but he did not direct. You know, those other people were more involved than George in that. So interesting tidbit. <laughs> yeah, just another like one, just yet another thing. If didn't go just so if she hadn't stepped in and edited it. Whole different story. Mm-hmm. Whole different story. It would have been a complete flop. We never mm-hmm. would have. I, I probably never would have seen it. Mm-hmm. Would have. Kelsey definitely would. I was about to say I would no <laughs> shot. Hmm. <laughs> so many joyless adolescents that have never known Star Wars. I can't imagine a world without Star Wars. Right. Sad. It's 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 so part of our culture in so many different ways. I just, but, what, what would dads have been handing down if it wasn't <laughs> Star Wars? Flash Gordon. <laughs> They'd still be Back to the Future and stuff, or would there? Yeah, like, or would have happened because in a different well, because ILM had a big hand in Back to, in Back to the Future mm-hmm. and Jurassic Park and all this other. Like, mm. would all of these films have been what they are <laughs> without right. Star Wars? I like so to think if it wasn't this, it would have been something else. You know what I mean? We would. We would like to hope. Yeah. Yeah. Someone eventually would have come along. Technology progresses. What that would have been human innovation. We would have gotten something like this that changed the game. Mm. You know. Were they already working on? I wonder if it could have been. Were they working on the 1978 Superman at this point? Yeah, like they were. Because that didn't come out too long. And Spielberg was doing Close Encounters of the Third Kind the same year. Mm-hmm. So, and that kind of didn't have the same impact, but was also still had a big impact in its own way. Mm-hmm. And like, wow, look how you can do blockbusters. This is insane. And they that those both came out the same year, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and this film. Wild year. I didn't realize that they came out in the same year. That's crazy. Same year. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spielberg and Lucas and two of their masterpieces. There you go. But this one still probably reigns supreme. Um, well, thanks for coming on, everyone. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. Really like, I, fun. I, I always tell everyone, this is mostly an excuse to hang out with people and watch <laughs> something. But that's what's so fun about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um... Kelsey, thanks for coming on. I hope we didn't break your brain too much with 
Star Wars references and end jokes. No, no, my brain feels primed for for the next nerd movie. It does. Hell yeah, and that's how we get them. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> um, Michael, thanks for coming on. I will see you tomorrow. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. Actually, I don't know. I don't remember if you're working tomorrow, but yes, I will be there. All right, uh, we can talk about um, your performance. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> He'll grade you private. I held this job hostage for a, a conference. To come here. Um, Remember, Michael, you said that one thing. Sorry, we can't uh, have you back. <laughs> you were cool until then. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we had you on. It's always fun. It's always fun to introduce someone, but it's always fun. It's like someone who hasn't seen it in a long time. It's like, oh, give it a watch. It's like, oh yeah, this movie. It, yeah, I forgot this movie's awesome. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Such a fun time. Um. PJ, thank you for coming on. I'm so glad we got you to come on. No, I'm happy to be here. Like, thank, thank you so much for asking me. Yeah. Like, like out of the blue, it was funny. You know, like, like, like Jaren, I haven't spoken to Jaren in years. Like, yeah, Star Wars, mm-hmm. anything. Like, let's do this. So not only you know getting to hang out with you know a blast from the past, you know, just people I used to see every single day mm-hmm. at school, and then obviously at a wonderful film. Like, I was tickled pink to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I did this is like, I don't know about you guys, like, but because of the pandemic, I became such a hermit. And then it took me a second to like break out of the hermit thing because I can get introverted real easy. And I'm like, oh, wow, just like, I felt so rusty. And I was like, so this became a halfway excuse. I'm like, because we hadn't seen each other in a while, Aaron. And a lot, we've had lots of friends come on the podcast. It's like, let's just get people and start. Get, fun, the, so. get the band back together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we got you to come on, PJ. I was like, we No, thank PJ you very much. So, so good seeing you guys long. again. Thank you. Thank you guys. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll get you all back for Empire Strikes Back and see how we feel about the sequel. The Force will be with you. Always. Um, Aaron? Jaren? It's always a pleasure. Love seeing you, man. Yeah. It's um, been a minute. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't recorded. We've taken a little bit of a break, but we got a whole new... Uh, selection of star trek episodes starting next week that we're going to start jumping into so season two yep not star trek the next generation how exciting looking forward to it um and maybe we'll get some of you on to start watching usually for the star trek episodes we just have one person just to come watch a little 45 minute episode and so maybe uh, we'll get some of you on to come watch star trek with us because we do a lot more star trek than anything else (laughs) Again, you haven't seen Star Trek. No. And like- um, that was one of the things that my dad tried to pass down to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried it. We watched a little bit of it. I was just, I was like seven. So mm. do I remember it? Absolutely not. Okay. Because th- there are episodes of Star Trek that are great for like first timers. So we definitely want to get people who've never seen Star Trek and like, oh, watch this one. This one's a good one to kind of, <laughs> oh, okay. That kind of, because yeah. that's also like you said, like, where do I start with Star Wars? probably a bigger thing with Star Trek there's so much of it it's like where does even one begin more like a Doctor Who situation like, it's just so uh, much just pick one and go at this point right. there's so much right pick one <laughs> enjoy it do your best mm. and BJ I know you like Star Trek You're I do Star Trek yeah fan too, I'm quite so. a Star Trek fan as well uh-huh. actually I watched Star Trek with my father long before I watched Star Wars with him mm. so there you go that's, that's why you felt like a next failure. gen next gen yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's what we're gonna be getting into maybe we'll Maybe we'll get you for some next gen. I'd love it, uh, Michael. Yeah, you haven't really done a lot of Star Trek either. No, I've seen I've seen the new three, the um, Chris Pine films. Yeah, and oh. I love those; they're so fun. Um, but I never seen clips from Star Trek because my dad watched a lot, um, but he did not pass it down to me. Uh, he just wanted to hold it to himself, I guess. But. 
No. Uh, so How yeah, rude. I'm pretty new when it comes to Star Trek, other than the new three. All right. Well, maybe we'll have to get you on and kind of introduce you to some of the TV show stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks, everyone. Um, hopefully, we'll all be back again for Empire Strikes Back and some point in the future. It'll be fun. Good little group. Such fun. Good night. There's a German phrase I love lately. You just slap your thighs and you go, well, I'm feeling well visited. And that's everybody's cue to get the fuck out. <laughs> very German. It is. I am very well visited. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, space, you know, with Germans from the Empire. <laughs> I am well <very> visited. <laughs> Thank you, Germans. I guess they were British, but you know they're, they're, British, they're talking about their space Germans. British, oh. British Germans. <laughs> British. Oh man, that's German engineering. Obviously, <laughs> look how clean those lines are. British administrators, German engineering. <laughs> <laughs> All the stormtroopers are German. Yeah, Hessians. Empire. On that note. <laughs> All right. May the force be with you, everyone. And, and also, also with, with you. you. Nice. <laughs>